0: Welcome to Rob and Tony's Cinematic Adventure. I'm Rob Wilson.
1: And I'm Tony Dequano. Uh,
0: This is the podcast where we watch a movie and uh, talk about it.
1: Talk so, about it.
0: Today's movie, we did Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope. Yeah. My absolute favorite movie of all time. What do you think, Tony?
1: It's always great, and, you know... My son, you know, he's at the age now, he's just, like, perfect for it. And he always has a hard time picking favorite movies, favorite foods, favorite whatever. And he's always asking, you know, what's your favorite scene? What You know, and so I was able to rewatch it again with him. And this was his uh, second time watching it. So it was his 1st we re-watch, which was kind of cool. And, yeah, it was awesome to rediscover it with him again and always to rediscover it myself. Yeah, and it's up there for me it's top top five movie for me as well without a doubt
0: yeah i said it is my absolute favorite movie i saw it the first time i saw it was i was about 10 years old and found out out of nowhere that my dad had the vhs trilogy i had no idea he had it and i found it in the house and started watching it and i was hooked ever since so it was it was yeah love love star wars and thought it was a perfect first movie to do for the podcast
1: Absolutely. I think it definitely represents us well and our movie taste. I remember first yeah. watching it. I was actually probably a little bit older in town, about about 12. I think I'd seen pieces of it when I was younger. I'd also seen pieces of Spaceballs when I was younger. And so I think for a while there, my mind was kind of meshing the two together until when I first saw it, like the whole way through in, in band class, middle school. And then, again, a few years later, checking them out once, you know, the Prequel Trilogy came out.
0: So. It, it's it's funny that you mention uh, Spaceballs, because I actually saw Spaceballs before I ever saw Star Wars. So, <laughs> <laughs> so people would mention Star Wars when I was yeah. little, and I, I could only picture Spaceballs because I hadn't seen Star Wars. So all this stuff, people talking about, like Chewbacca, and I, I could just picture Barf. John Candy and Spaceballs, <laughs> you know, and there there were so many things that and, and I, I saw Spaceballs at such a young age that it kind of I didn't realize when I first saw it that it was Spaceballs. And not yeah. Star Wars. So it wasn't until I actually saw Star Wars that a lot of this stuff that I had thought was Star Wars was actually Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, like I'd seen bits and pieces. I'd seen little clips here and there of Star Wars, but never actually sitting down and watching the whole thing. And, yeah, I remember uh, I had a friend of mine that was spending the night when I was little, and he brought over Return of the Jedi, and we started watching that, you know, before I'd ever actually watched any Star Wars. So I remembered remembered bits and pieces of the Sarlacc scene in that in Return of the Jedi, but that's the majority of, of actual, like, Star Wars that I had seen before watching them.
1: Um, I think I think it's interesting. You know, we're both the babies of the family, and you know, a lot of times you end up watching or listening to whatever your older siblings have. And it wasn't really something that was on my brother's radar. You know, there's plenty of He-Man and Indiana Jones for him, but Star Wars really wasn't there. So it took a while for me to really, you know, latch onto it. You know, like I said, I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah I
0: mean, me too. I mean, it's Star Wars is never something that my that my brother really ever was a big fan of growing up. Um, and I mean, I, I grew up with one brother and at the time three sisters, we ended up, we adopted another along the way, but this is right. years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time it was, you know, I had one brother and three sisters. And so, and my sisters weren't really into star Wars and my brother wasn't. And like I said, I, I, it was just on a fluke that my dad happened to have the trilogy on VHS because my parents weren't really that into star Wars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, they enjoyed it. I think they, they saw it, uh, when the, when it was re-released in, uh, 97, when we went to see a new hope in the theater, uh, the special edition, uh, yep. my dad mentioned to me, cause I, I've seen all of the star Wars movies with my dad for the first, like the first time I saw any of them in the theater was with my dad, except okay. the, Special edition of Return of the Jedi. I saw that with my brother and a friend of ours. And then shortly after that, saw it with my dad. But yeah, so I remember when we were standing in line for the, either standing in line or we just sat down in our seats in the theater for the special edition Star Wars. My dad mentioned that, that uh, the last time he saw it in the theater was on a date with my mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <So>.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: But yeah, it's one of those things that, that you know Star Wars really when you uh when you really think about it and th- th- there there wasn't really anything like it before.
1: No. Not at all.
0: And yeah, I was just actually just watching the new uh just today. I was watching the new Light and Magic docu series on mm-hmm. Disney Plus talking about ILM, Industrial Light and Magic right. and how that got started and everything and you know, they were saying stuff on there about how, you know, and George Lucas wanted to make star Wars. They had certain camera effects and stuff like that, that they could use, but nothing, there was nothing there for what he wanted. Yeah. You know, so basically they just, he, he got a hold of, uh, of John Dykstra and, and John Dykstra got a bunch of his buddies together, people that, you know, he knew, then they knew people and, you know, just got this group together that, they all knew visual effects and stuff like that, but right. there hadn't really been anywhere for them to use their skills. Yeah, so they they built ILM from the ground up there, and now of There's course an... ILM is the the premier visual effects house for everybody.
1: Like every movie uses it nowadays. It was such an innovative time, whether it be using you know I think of Alien as well and all you know the effects and creatures. You know, a lot of leading minds at that point that really pushed things forward, and like you said, Star Wars itself was on a different level to to actually do that.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: But, you know, I think even watching it with Son, we um, then I ended up watching, you know, the uh, the Blu-ray release, and even for him, I think there's a certain spectacle of seeing all of that, even forty years later how well some of it stands up. And, yeah. I mean, even, um, even this, rewatching some of the, you know, we recently finished the prequel trilogy back in May and just some of the differences that you see, especially with Yoda and, you know, with not, not being a puppet, just the visual. is completely different.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's crazy that, uh, some of the the basic effects that they had that they did back there still hold up 40 years later. Yeah. It's like better than some of the newer movies.
1: Yeah. Without a doubt. No question. I think, um, you know, I never saw it with my dad, like we were saying, so I've been enjoying it watching with, um, Charles. Yeah. And just even him now picking up things that he didn't remember as well or, just little things that he missed, you know, just seeing the Jawas walk around those Isley and just identifying the different creatures again and seeing where they pop up and who they are. Yeah. And then then, it's just so deep that way.
0: There there's, there's so many people that have issues with all the changes that have been made to it. You know, that, that George Lucas, you can't stop tinkering with it. You know, I, I don't mind a lot of that because yeah, it, it it when when he when it was first made, it wasn't the movie that he wanted there it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't complete in his eyes, right? So that's why he went back and, you know, tinkered with it in the nineties and as, you know, computer graphics got better and you know, he's able to do some of the things that he wanted to do with it. You know, I, for the most part, I, I think a lot of that stuff adds to the story. It adds to the movie. You know, it, it right. adds to the world, it adds to Everything and actually makes things better. A lot of the a lot of the more subtle things. Now there's some stuff that, you know, I'm sure we'll get a little more into in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole song and dance number. But uh <laughs> that that really not a big fan of, but but for the most part, I mean it's it's a a lot of the changes that he did were were just visual changes, adding a couple of characters here and there, you know, stuff like that. That, I mean, I you
1: know I'm I, I, don't, I don't you have said, as big
0: of a problem with with that kind of stuff as a lot of Star
1: Wars fans do. Yeah, as you said, you know, like there's, though, know, uh, he had to create his own studio to do what he wanted because of limitations, and there are still limitations he couldn't quite deal. And so, why not? Once you have the ability to actually fulfill more of your vision, to actually do that, and yeah. you know, you're seeing other seeing it, you know I was reading about stranger things how they're going back and changing some of the continuity mistakes in the script
0: yeah yeah right? i was i was reading an article about that the other day
1: the same thing you know you, re- you write something and the first or second season and you don't know that you're going to have you know another 3 seasons later that you know what's going to happen it just you know it can help clean things up
0: yeah i mean it, it's it's definitely important not to go overboard with the cleaning but some some things need to be cleaned up a little bit Right, it's uh that I mean that the whole Han shot first thing is is kind of it, it's one of those fan outcries <laughs> that has been going on since ninety seven. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, which I mean, it's it. I I do agree to a certain extent that it does it does change Han's original character when he it doesn't shoot first,
1: without a doubt. Yes. You know, so. it's, um I I again I was just thinking about, you know, and watched yesterday because I was watching, you know, the Blu-ray. I wasn't watching my uh, original cut edition. And yeah, but yeah, it, it is what it is and I would love to have that actually officially released again.
0: Yeah, it would be amazing if they would do um, it. Um no. Yeah, I I wasn't watching the original cut either. I was watching the uh the four K version of it. The streaming version that Came with the 4K Blu-ray that I got, so the digital version that. So it's the same, the same okay. as the 4K one, which I think is slightly different than the Blu-ray. I believe it is the McClunky version, <laughs> which wasn't on <laughs> on uh, Blu-ray <laughs> when yeah. Greedo just throws out McClunky at one point right before he gets shot, which that might yep. be why Han shot him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what I really want to know is now that we've had Mandalorian. Oh, and by and the way, before,
0: before you before you continue with that, I just need to say for anybody listening, uh, we are going to be talking about the in any of these moves that we talk about on this podcast. We're going to be talking about the whole movie. So spoiler alert, if you have not seen Star Wars, it came out in <laughs> 1977. So if you have not seen it, it's kind of late <laughs> to worry about spoilers. <laughs> but still. Yes spoiler alert um, for any movie that we watch on here I'll probably be repeating the spoiler thing for each of the podcasts that we do just in case somebody didn't listen to to this one and yeah so this, so it's we clear that we're going to be talking about the entire movie so so if you haven't seen the movie <laughs> pause the podcast, watch the movie and come back unless you don't yes, care about spoilers then watch just, the movie yeah, first if, if you don't care about spoilers go ahead, keep listening and uh, then go watch the movie later you know, anyway, back I'm to what guys. you were saying, Tony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now that we've had all the Disney series out. What's kind of, has it changed your perspective a little bit on what happens? Especially, I think, you know, the, the big one for me, obviously, is now with the Obi-Wan being out. Yeah. Being such a kind of a direct predecessor to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The, uh, the Disney Plus shows have been, they've. This was this was the first time that I watched any of the movies since Obi Wan came out. Since right. watching Obi Wan, and so it yeah, it, it definitely changes your perspective on things, especially with with uh, the whole you know when Obi Wan and Darth Vader fight on the Death Star, you know their yeah, whole conversation just that, has, has a whole new meaning right now. There. Yep, you know it, you, especially be even even like before when it was. When I last saw you, I was a learner. Now I'm the master, right? Right. That I mean that that you know says something. If you don't have the Obi Wan show there, then you know it, it's back to Episode Three. Right. Yes. They're they're fighting on Mustafar, but it still fits with the Obi Wan version, and it actually it kind does. of fits better with that. Yeah. Since Obi Wan did just come out, I don't want to spoil too much for people who might not have watched either. it. But that's uh, still but true. Yeah. that's still recent. Yeah, but I think it's pretty common knowledge that uh that Darth Vader shows up in the Obi Wan show and they do battle at, I think, at some point. Like you
1: said, enough of their interaction yeah, can still lend itself to not make kind of that line some massive continuity lapse. It definitely can fit. And if it doesn't work for someone, that's fine. It doesn't have to work for them. Um, They can, yeah. they, you know, that's more their problem with the show than the movie. But I thought that was, I think, that definitely added definite added perspective to it. I think, you know, the other scene for me is, you know, when Obi Wan rescues Luke. Yeah, um, from the and their interaction uh, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that definitely because um, you see, you see, you know, the whole his his mission on Tatooine was to watch over Luke. You know, and so right. it adds to that. And and I, I gained a lot more respect and a lot newer of a perspective with uh for Owen for Uncle right. Owen after watching Obi Wan, you know, because before you know he just seems like you know Uncle Buzzkill kind of thing, <laughs> I, doesn't want to let Luke go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters, <laughs> but uh. Doesn't <laughs> want him to go off and join the military and, and leave Tatooine. He wants him to just yep. stay home and do chores. But, you know, after you know, watching Obi-Wan and how they really expanded his character. They really yep. expanded Owen's character in there. You you really kinda kinda understand him. Kinda understand yeah. his his outlook in a new hope.
1: I'd agree with that. Totally.
0: And you uh-huh. it, it, you kinda also have to wonder, you know, he had to have put up a big fight before he and Brew got burned alive.
1: Oh, yeah, no. And I always think about it, like, every time I see, when Luke returns, you just yeah, you see know. the skeletons yeah. there. And it's like, that's so brutal for, for these people. And it's like, yeah. it seems so unnecessary.
0: And before, yeah. you know, you always wondered, you know, were they just, did they not know that they were coming? Did they just, you know, kill them and burn their bodies or something? And just without a fight? But after, you know, learning so much more about Owen, you know he put up a fight.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. What there's um, so I think it was anything else that kind of, at least with the Obi One series. Um, yeah, it's just, I think the, you get that realization even further. It was Obi Wan is like, yeah, now is his time, you know, after spending all that time kind of that distance. But, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean, it, it, it's also, you can kind of tell if,
0: again, especially after watching Obi-Wan and learning more about Owen, you can kind of tell in just Luke and Owen's interaction at the dinner table. You know, he was talking about going off and joining the Academy and all that. You you can tell Owen pretty much knows that Luke's going to go off and do it no matter what. Right? Yes. His his excuses for keeping Luke there, it's a little bit more clear that they're Just excuses that, you know, and he knows it. You know, he's just trying everything he can to keep Luke, his surrogate son, safe. Because, you know, he vowed years ago that he was going to keep this kid safe. Yeah. But but deep down you can see, you can tell that he knows that he can't keep him from going off and doing this forever. He's just trying to, to hang on to him as long as he can, just like any parent would.
1: Well, you know, he has to see too. I mean, you know, again, not to dive too delve too much into you know the Obi Wan series. You know, he sees, even though you know they're all in the outer rim, how much the Empire is encroaching more and more and more. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not ignorant of that. You know, I I try to like watch something or read something again to do it with fresh eyes as much as possible. Can't entirely do that, obviously. You know, it's you know, you have too much in your head from as many times as you as you watch something. And I ended up watching um Revenge of the Sith back in May. We had COVID. Um we just watched a bunch of movies that week, Charles and I, and it's like, Okay, it's about time he sees Revenge of the Sith. it was you know, the yeah. last of the original six. And it was like two weeks before the OB came out and it actually coincided nicely. Yeah. Um so, you know it's all Seth. I know we want now New Hope again, so I had that chronological order, and yeah, you definitely have that sense of with that with Owen, and that duty. You know, I think it could be easy to just dismiss at first that he, you know, if you watched it the first time, that it's like he doesn't want this bratty kid, but it's not that yeah. at all. You know, it, it's a um he definitely takes the responsibility very seriously.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, then it, it also with another big thing that, that was, that was, you know, new from, I mean, I hate to keep on referring to, you know, watching it after watching Obi-Wan, but you kind of have to with, with this, cause it, it changes yeah. so much, but Leia, the whole Leia dynamic with yeah, I know. everything, you know, and it, it, it's, it's too bad that that you know she never got any screen time with Obi Wan in the movie.
1: Yes, it is.
0: You know, because you know you know exactly why she's sending Obi Wan the message. Yes. <laughs> you know you you know that they have this this past uh-huh. this past relationship, and and it, it's just it, it's it's too bad that 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 she doesn't get any screen time with him. I mean, the most she sees of him is when they're running to the Millennium Falcon and he's fighting Darth Vader in the other room.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, she doesn't have any time to actually kind of process any of that.
0: And and, and it 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 just adds to her character and her ability to deal with with loss. That uh, when when Luke is moping over the death of Obi Wan, she's comforting him. Yeah. You know, where, where she
1: she loves the guy as a <laughs> you know. real history with him.
0: Yeah, she has a real history with with Obi-Wan. She <laughs> she knew him when she was a little kid. And and and, and just the, the fact that, you know, she had not only lost Obi-Wan, but also her entire planet not too long before.
1: Well, there's that point. Too. She yeah.
0: really should be in the corner in the fetal Absolute position nuts. crying her eyes out. But it just shows a real strength of her character to keep going right. and to, you know, comfort this little farm boy that she just met. You yeah. know?
1: And she comforts him, but then, you know, she's able just to get back there and just help lead the mission from the base. And yeah, she does, she's very focused. Yeah. And I think, you know, A New Hope, I think, is always my favorite movie with Leia. Uh, I think it's where where you see her as the strongest.
0: Yeah, I I, I I would agree. I would agree to that. I mean, she she stares down Darth Vader. Yeah, she argues with him to his face, <laughs> and Tarkin. <laughs> she insults Tarkin when he, when she first sees him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah you know, honey, she, she she tells him totally that that she fitting. smelled his
0: foul stench when she was brought on board. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> this is the uh, the military leader of the entire empire, <laughs> 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 and she's insulting him on his own battle station.
1: Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, it, While she's handcuffed. She's yeah. No one. She can easily just, you know, just be blasted. Yeah, right there. Yeah, I mean, she she knows how they are. She knows that they're ruthless. No.
0: Yeah, I I do not I do not approve of her early uh, treatment of Chewie though.
1: Yeah, I I was kind of thinking at the same time. You know, past time watch it, but you know,
0: you know, somebody get this this huge walking carpet out of my way. You know. <laughs> What, yeah, that's, Chewie, that's, Chewie didn't do anything to her. No, you know he did But, but they did seem to to uh, to make up by the time that they had actually escaped the Death Star, because they were hugging and you know having fun when after uh, Han and Luke blew up the Tie Fighters.
1: Never got a medal, though. She didn't give her a medal.
0: No, no, she didn't give him a medal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: there have been several other like several side stories that have explained that, but you need to give him a medal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's a Wookiee. Yes, you let him win.
0: You know, one of the excuses was you know <laughs> Wookiees don't care about material things like that, and another one is that uh, you know he was given a medal just off screen. But yeah, you need to give him a medal. You're giving Han and Luke medals. Chewie like, was the you know, co-pilot of the R- Millennium Falcon.
1: R2. R2's too round. Like, how are you going to fit that on R2 appropriately? They could put a
0: magnet on it. <laughs> but I guess it was 1970s computer technology, so a magnet might have destroyed him. But, <laughs> 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 but they should have at least figured out a way to give R2 the Star Wars equivalent of a Purple Heart, because he did get shot in battle. You know, he came back, presumably dead, but he's a droid, so they could fix him. So they fixed him. If droids are supposed to be as important as humans in Star Wars, then why didn't he get a purple
1: heart? Or at least the Star Wars equivalent. He was in battle. Yeah. He was in some serious battle. Yeah, Like, that was one of the points with Charles Blasher this time, when, like, like, R2, like, taking all that fire. Yeah. Like, he didn't remember that. He thought, oh, man, he got, like... Really damaged. Yeah, like he yeah. took a direct hit.
0: <laughs> and then, if it's you're like talking about up, medals, like, if, if we're talking about medals, why didn't Wedge get a medal? He was part of the battle. That's right. He didn't fire the Which shot that blew up the Death Star, but neither did Han. No. Han just got the Tie Fighters off of that's Luke's back. Right. Yeah. Wedge was one of the few survivors of that battle. No. All, he was Almost all died. He was key in, the, in that victory. He was a key component mm-hmm. of the victory. So I didn't wedge get a medal.
1: Yeah. Good point. Never even thought about that. They also didn't medals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially since there were only like four of them that came back, and two of them were in one <laughs> ship.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the rest of them were slaughtered.
1: Everybody. <laughs> Even poor Porkins.
0: Yeah, poor Porkins. What? What an unfortunate name. (laughs) You take the one. (laughs) You take the one overweight pilot, and you name him Porkins. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, even as an actor, like my name is Porkins. (laughs) Like, and what's even worse? Lean into that.
0: And what's even worse is uh, in some of the books. They're talking about Porkins and mentioned that his nickname was Piggy. Oh
1: no.
0: <laughs> Cause there's it must uh have been in a new the pilot. Yeah, because in the X Wing series of books, there's a... Uh, in some of the some of the books there, there's a there's a Gamorrean pilot. So okay. Gamorians are of course the pig guards at Jabba's Palace, you yep. know, the the species that look like humanoid pigs. But uh yeah, they they called him Piggy, and they mentioned that that was the that was Porkins' nickname. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so poor dude.
1: Yeah, he had to be a good fighter. He yeah, he a pilot. I mean, no. from
0: yeah, from all the backstory and stuff that they give him, he's like he's an excellent pilot, but got shot down to above me. the Death Star.
1: Yep. Anyway. <laughs>
0: But, but uh, What
1: about Han? Can I talk about Han?
0: We haven't. How have we gone this far, this long in the, uh, in the podcast and not mentioned Han? Other than just the Han, <laughs> Han shot first thing earlier. But Han, yeah. Han Solo is one of my favorite characters. Unpushable.
1: Han, questionably.
0: Han Solo is probably my, my, my favorite movie character is Han. My favorite Star Wars character comes from one of the books or from several of the books. But my favorite movie character is Han. Hands down.
1: Yeah, uh, I have to agree with that.
0: I mean, he's one of the greatest pilots in the galaxy, and he's not even a Jedi. Yeah. You know, he's about the only one that's on the list. Him and Wedge are the only ones that really are on the list of the greatest pilots in the galaxy that aren't Jedi.
1: Yeah. And, like, even, I think, Harrison Ford plays it so well. Even from the beginning, like, he has his cockiness and confidence but you can tell even early on, like, you know, he's backing it
0: up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He'll say something. You know, he means it. Yeah. You know, he he may or may not have been boasting a bit about the whole the making the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. You know, that was never 100 percent confirmed that that's actually how it happened. Yeah. I mean, they did the Kessel run in the solo movie. And but still, there's a chance that it could have been actually more than 12 parsecs.
1: Because you had the whole <laughs> not if
0: you round down thing but yeah. uh but you know you don't you don't doubt him, no, especially after you see him fly,
1: yeah, no, it's you just you know the interaction and in the cantina, the grito, and then you see him fly, it's a very condensed amount of time, and he plays it so well and it's shot so well, yeah, and yeah, and also i mean then also one of the nice things
0: it. one of the nice things about the the Every version of the movie that's come out since 97, you know, mm-hmm. they actually have that scene with him and Jabba outside the Millennium Falcon. Right, and that was Which one mean one they, I mean they they about. took it out, you know, cuz it wasn't completed at the time, and also cuz it was sort of just a a rehash of the conversation with Greedo. But he's up in Jabba's face. Jabba is like the yeah. biggest gangster in the Outer Rim, and mm-hmm. Han doesn't flinch.
1: No, not at all. Yeah. I, I I was thinking about that just when we watched it yesterday. It's like, because the last the time before I watched, I watched the original cup, and yeah, you know, so you know, seeing that again is my same thought. Like, he's just there in his face; he doesn't flinch. I mean, he even, even he even out. goes so
0: far as to step on his tail when he's walking around him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he negotiates with them; he talks them down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we didn't even mention he's surrounded by bounty hunters. Yeah, and Jabba's muscle.
1: You know, at any point, he, Jabba could have just do? given
0: the signal and they would have shot him down.
1: It all would be Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. It'd be done.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, you, yeah, yeah, but and, and you can't have Han without Chewie. Chewie's yeah. Han's right hand man, his right hand Wookie. You know, Chewie's such a great character. I named my dog after him. Great. You know, I got a dog named Chewie. And yeah, he's, you know, he, he matches Han's piloting skill as, you know, he's, he's a perfect co-pilot for him. You know, he may not be as good just as a straight-up yep. pilot as Han is, but he's good yeah. enough of a co-pilot to keep up with him. Not yep. to mention he can fix anything. He's a, he's a Wookiee. He Wookiees are everything. very
1: technical-minded. He's a little bit of muscle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Perfect, perfect mate for him, without doubt. Yeah,
0: and I mean, even just starting out in in their first scene together, you can tell they they've been running together for years. Yeah, you know, you, you can tell they they didn't just meet. You know, they're they've been they've been close close friends for years. At that point,
1: and but they, you, mean, you know, not even to get into you know the sequel trilogy, but like, you know, I remember when. The last Jedi trailer, you know, teaser came out. You know, and just ending on Han and Chewie, like being back, it just it epitomizes me my favorite parts. Yeah. Of Star Wars. Yeah. It's just Han and Chewie, tagging along. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and the yeah, and the, the Force Awakens trailer when when Han and Chewie walk out of the Falcon and Han just says, "Chewie, we're home." Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah, <laughs> it's um. A perfect romance, yeah. <laughs> perfect movie yeah. romance,
0: And you could you could even argue that uh, that the Millennium Falcon is the third part of that. Yeah, you know Han and Chewie and the Falcon.
1: That's right. Which you know it's you know Falcon's almost its own character, right? You yeah. know people build entire Lego sets of the Falcon.
0: Yeah, one of my one of my dreams has been iconic. to one of my dreams has been to to uh, build a life size replica of the Falcon, of the Millennium Falcon, and live in it. Have it be my house.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baseball fan, too, right? I follow the Orioles, and they have a bunch of really good young players in the minors. And I was looking on Twitter one day, and one of them was complaining about the other guy, because he took up the entire kitchen table, building the Lego Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I've wanted, like wanted I the want Lego. That guy my team. I
0: have wanted a Lego Millennium Falcon, but that thing Legos are so expensive now. Mm-hmm. So expensive. They are so expensive. The Falcon's something like two grand. Yeah. For like the deluxe one. <laughs> so I don't have that kind of money. No. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, they're, they're expensive and I mean, I don't know. It's so iconic, and it's its own character, and you just feel Han's love for it. Yes, and again, you know, it goes give it to Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, he sold it. Harrison
0: Ford fantastic. sold that. He he acted it so well. He he embodied Han Solo, just like so many yeah. other roles that he's done.
1: Yeah, you know, he's so unappreciated as an actor. You know, Alec Guinness was obviously nominated. You yeah. know like Oscar. For the it. the only Rightfully the only so. actor
0: to um, ever be nominated for their role in a Star Wars movie.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, it's mostly it was all anything else is pretty much visual effects and like sound and music. Um, yeah, and music, for John Williams, right?
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, an the only score. the only actor. Yeah, Alec Guinness was the only actor so far, and to be nominated for an Oscar for his yeah. role in a Star
1: Wars movie. And he, I mean, rightfully deserved. Yeah. Um, but it's just easy to look overlook Han's role, and you know Luke. Um, sorry, not Luke, but Harrison Ford's acting in it It's because it's so yeah. effortless. It's not flashy. Alec Ginnett's kind of you know, has an old mentor role, yeah. which is kind of an easy thing to give an Oscar nomination to.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, everybody, but, all the all the cast were just amazing. You know, even Mark Hamill was, he did great as Luke. He he is Luke Skywalker. Actually, absolutely. You know, it's easy to like people dog his acting sometimes. Especially since it was, but. it was an early role for him. So yeah. he didn't have as much experience as he has now, but still he embodied Luke Skywalker.
1: Yep.
0: You know, a lot of people and like to, like to go off and say that Luke was a whiny little kid, little brat in the first one. And, but you know what? He was a teenager. He was 19 years old. 19-year-old yeah. farm boy, you know, all he knew was tattooing, you know, going off. His his ways of having fun were going off with his friends just so he could get off the
1: farm. But, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, 19, it's, it's... Most 19-year-olds at that point would be off doing something else. Yeah. Especially with it's, the skill that he had. It's, it's, completely,
0: it's completely understandable that, you know, that he... That, the way he did, because, you know, he was clearly... He, wasn't able to leave the farm you know he he was being made by his aunt and uncle to work the farm with them to keep it going for you know he didn't know why but the rest of us do <laughs> <laughs> cuz they were trying to protect him but just like any any 19 year old that that's getting uh, you know bogged down and getting stuck running the family business when they don't want to be doing it you know, he's not acting any different than any of them do.
1: Yeah. You know, there's different aspects of that. Even thinking about it, like, you know, just him, you know, just working on the droids. You know, it's so mundane, but he's so adept at it. Yeah. And there's those little flashes of that with his dad still. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You there's know. Some of that
0: that he gets from Anakin, you know? And yeah, I mean, his, you know, his, his mechanical abilities, his, you know, working on the droids, his piloting skills. You know, when he's in the in the garage in the little workshop, you know, cleaning up uh, R2, he can see in the background is his T-16 Skyhopper, you know, that he gets yep. in and he flies through Bigger's Canyon. You know, it doesn't actually show him flying in it in the movie, but you see it in the background there.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't that, you know, like, I always kind of want to, you know, like, you know, I don't know how to fit that in with any of the TV series, but it was kind of like, at some point, want to see Luke. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, in some of the video games, you get to you get to fly it through Beggars Canyon and stuff, but it's not the movies,
1: right? But you know, yeah. I think um, you know maybe part of this, you know, like getting a little bit older, you can kind of like reflect back and see and remember yeah. kind of those feelings. Yeah, a maybe bit or as well. you know,
0: maybe throwing you know in, in one of the newer movies or shows or something, throwing a flashback.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, of, uh, of him
0: and yeah. Biggs flying through Beggar's Canyon. Poor Biggs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I, <laughs> one of the other things I really enjoyed about the, about the special edition stuff is we got to see a lot more Biggs. Yes. In the original, he doesn't show up until the battle. That whole scene right. between him and Luke
1: in the hangar, that's not yeah. in the
0: original cut.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That was the other thing I was seeing the there. That's like, you know. Wouldn't it be nice just to see them just, like, after the battle, be like, we, we beat it, we won, and then, like, catching up on, like, all this other crap. It's like...
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's you know, a deleted scene of... Uh, I don't know if you've watched the deleted scenes or anything, but, but there's one of, of uh, Luke and Biggs at Anchorhead with a couple of other friends. was okay. hanging out there. Yeah, when uh, Biggs was about to leave for the Academy. You know, it was sort of Biggs and Luke's last hurrah before Biggs had to ship out. Hmm. Okay. Which, it was the Imperial Academy that he was going to. And it was the Imperial Academy that Luke was wanting to go to, that he was whining about not being able to go to at the beginning of the movie. So, uh, because Biggs ended up, he was a, he defected to the Rebellion. All
1: right. Interesting. I... Don't get into all that as much as you do. <laughs> always fascinating to hear that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Wedge was another one that, that he defected to uh Wedge Antilles. He defected to the rebellion from the Empire.
1: Um I always think like you would kind of almost have and to And you know? Hobby I, I that think that was point. one
0: Hobby Clivian, who isn't mentioned really until Empire Strikes Back briefly.
1: Okay. But
0: as one of the uh the the snow speeder pilots. But uh but yeah, he's one that that defected with Wedge. Interesting.
1: I, I always kind of think about it, like you know you, you know after you know you see uh, uh the rogue one obviously there's a large resistance there you see it but yeah, I I've always kind of wondered what's kind of behind the scenes working and how people kind of come towards that what just how strong the empire is. Yeah. Because um, they sell it so well on New Hope. like You see New Hope, you just accept, that yeah, this is the way it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the and funny thing, that, like Rogue One, the reason why uh, in the battle there, I mean, not to, not to, I hope it doesn't spoil much for Rogue One, but the, the battle, why Blue Squadron is in that battle over Scarif is because originally it was supposed to be Red and Blue Squadrons going up against the Death Star and a New Hope. Right. But because they were filming on blue screens, they couldn't do the blue, so they changed it to Gold Squadron. Okay. And so, yeah. Rogue One helps to explain why Blue Squadron wasn't part of that battle.
1: <laughs> I did not know that. I mean, I need to watch that one again too. Maybe we'll do that on a future podcast. Yep. Rogue One.
0: Yep. Because it is very good. It really is.
1: Hopefully most of you that are still listening have seen Rogue One. Maybe you have. Yes.
0: Hopefully but but yeah. Like I said we are going to be spoiling. We're going to try to spoil just the movie that we're focusing on and any that we talk about other than that we're trying to spoil as little as possible but some things might might slip out. So I apologize for any
1: yeah. Anything we'll try that not is to spoil Empire for other Strikes Back
0: at least until we do Empire Strikes Back in the next episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which if you don't know that spoiler, <laughs> I can't yeah. help you.
0: Yeah. But yeah, we'll go we'll 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 go more into that spoiler <laughs> when we talk about it. When we talk about Empire. And I think at least the vast majority of you know what spoiler we're talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but thinking about that, <laughs> I'm looking at it on my glass right now. You know, we haven't even touched on Darth Vader. No, we haven't. And One
0: of the best villains in all of cinema history is Darth Vader.
1: No question. And I was just even thinking about this when I was watching it the other day, just kind of the introduction of him, right? You know, just in general, like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie just sets up the world so well. Yeah. Including Darth Vader, like you don't even, you don't know his yeah. name. I mean you're you're in right? the ship. You just you're... see these spaceships fighting, and well, I guess you know his name through, through the crawl. But yeah,
0: but yeah, you um, don't know what he looks like. You just know his right. name.
1: But, you know, um, yeah, you see these you know these spaceships fighting. You realize there's a battle going on you automatically know the people that are supposed to be the good guys. Yeah. Right. Which, see which their faces. Fun,
0: fun fact real quick, <laughs> the blockade runner, the yeah. ship that, you know, Leia's ship there, that was the original, uh, Millennium Falcon model. Really? That was the original design for the Millennium Falcon. Uh, but it was too close to, uh, when they were working on the movie, right after they, they had made that model, the uh, TV show space, 1999 came out and the main ship mm. in that, And that show resembled it a little too much. So, uh, (laughs) George Lucas decided that that Han's ship has to be something new. It can't look like something existing. Good call. So, they turned that ship into the Rebel Blockade Runner, or the Tantive IV.
1: Um,
0: And redesigned the Falcon. But, anyway. Yeah,
1: just the fighting, you know, and then... Yes, the stormtroopers come through and it was Darth Vader and it's just his presence is so different and it's just completely sold well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the costume design, the music, yeah, it's, the breathing,
0: especially um, since it's
1: on a whole other level,
0: that, that whole scene, right. When they, when they breach the ship and you know, all the rebel soldiers are, are running out of the hall, you know, getting behind their little barricades and whatnot. Getting behind the corners, trying to, you know, prepare for for a firefight. You know, it's the entire interior of the ship is all stark white. You know, yeah. it's all white. You know, there's a little bit of grays and blacks with the with the troopers that are in there, with right. the with the soldiers, yep. the rebel soldiers that are in there. But their helmets are, you know, their their helmets they're wearing they're they're white. And then, you know, the door blows open a bunch of stormtroopers come out in all white with just a little yep. bit of black accents, you know, at their right. joints, you the, know, their elbows yeah, and the their necks on. and all black. You got the red going back and forth, but it's still predominantly white. White. And then you see this black this figure, this black implor- figure. In the, this imposing black figure step through the doorway. And it's just it it's one of the best so entrances different. in cinematic history.
1: And like, you know, they There's a lot of other scenes with all through Star Wars. They try to replicate, you know, like that Vader entrance. But it's that one hits like nothing else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, because that that is the first, I mean, yeah, it may be episode four, but it's still the first movie that was made. It's your first, you know, visual indication of what Darth Vader looks like. You know, the first yep. time you see him, and it's yeah, it's it's just it's extraordinary, uh, just visuals there,
1: yeah. And you know, that's why talk about movie villains. It's you have him up there with maybe two others, two or three others. He's you know, as a Mount Rushmore, yeah, a movie villains, yeah. You know, and, I mean, is on there
0: again, just like Han, he backs up what he says. You know, he's yeah. not just imposing to look at, you know, he's, he is an imposing individual. Yeah. You well, know, right.
1: No, that's a really good point.
0: When, when he goes up, when he's talking to Captain Antilles, not Wedge, the other Antilles, um, but yeah, the, the captain of the ship, he's holding him up by yeah. his neck with one hand, not struggling yeah. at all. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's a big dude. Yeah. Played wonderfully by the late David Prowse.
1: Absolutely, he does it so he well. Does not and get
0: nearly the the respect that that he he deserves for for that role.
1: It's funny, like, you know, you get a few glimpses of him using his Jedi powers, but most of it in the New Hope is just him and his physical yeah. presence.
0: Yeah, most of yeah, most of his his. It's like uh, there's
1: a few things where he does. Yeah, most of his force using is just force choking people. And, um, but yeah, you know, it's just overall, it's his presence, and people just take him seriously.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you can, and again, you can tell because you can tell that people are taking him seriously because the universe is lived in. You know, he's not some new character to these char- to these other characters. No, he's, he's not. not some new villain that they've never faced before. They've been you can tell from his interactions with everybody else that they've been dealing with him for years. And they know what he's capable of.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I just yeah, like I said, it's the visual of him it reminds me really, I guess the thing I was thinking about with it. I don't know, It just popped in my head. I was in Boy Scouts are making this list of things to recycle and not to recycle. And someone had this giant Darth Vader mask. We we're like, okay, don't recycle the Vader mask, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not.
1: <laughs> it's just such a classic look. And because you know again you know there is that good balance you, you know it's we haven't really kind of talked about some of the themes of the movie of that light and that dark but it represents it so well yeah, um, yeah that that's really a good calculation of it and i think you know lucas is really kind of playing off of that obviously with the force between the sith and the jedi you get the yin and the yang no that, that's a whole other discussion obviously but yeah, it really just sells kind of aspect of this pure evil almost pure evil against everything else and you know right away kind of like everything else everyone's going to have to go against and you know it doesn't you know like it's at you know a um temporary victory so
0: yeah and how have we gone this long without mentioning lightsabers? I was just <laughs> thinking, because I, I glanced up, I glanced over and I, 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 I noticed my, I, I've got Obi-Wan's lightsaber yeah. on top of my bookshelf Seriously. back there, if yeah. you could see it on uh, on the screen there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, what a freaking cool weapon. <laughs> <You
1: know>? Great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ever since, yeah, ever since that movie came out, everybody's wanted to build a lightsaber. And nobody's really done it yet. I mean, some people have have yeah. I've I've, I've seen YouTube videos and like heard you'll read articles and stuff about people who have somewhat built a lightsaber, but not quite how they are in the movies.
1: I feel like that's you know, like I get you know, Lucas was living out in so many ways. He's thinking about all these serials he watched yeah. as a little boy. Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's exactly what it was. Um,
1: And, you know, watching my son play with other boys where they make bows and arrows, swords. And that's what that lightsaber essentially is. It's like, I finally get to build my actual sword. Yeah. The sword that I've been
0: dreaming up my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Finally get to put it on film. I finally get to create it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool.
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, it would we haven't even touched on the different influences for star wars right that that george lucas you know his yeah i mean the the yeah. whole the whole reason for star wars he wanted to make it like the old serials like flash gordon and like and buck rogers and stuff like that
1: yep and you know he gets to participate in that with like you know indiana jones kind of becomes that too and you see that love and i i always just kind of think of i'm big you know Kurosawa fan, the Hidden yeah. Fortress.
0: Yes, great movie.
1: You, you know, which oh, terrific movie. Yeah, so fantastic. May not Any, have seen I haven't it, seen a Kurosawa
0: gone. movie that has not been fantastic. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, and Hidden but, Fortress. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's huge. very similar,
1: at least within the beats of yeah. the story. Yeah, um, it's
0: a big influence in, in in Star Wars, from what I understand. Um, you know, I mean that the two main characters of Hidden Fortress are essentially C three PO and R two D two.
1: Yes. And it's funny, like, you know. What's again? We talked earlier about how, like, visually what he wanted to do hadn't really been done, and he does not But at least thematically, he presents something that's like so simple and universal, you know, with the hero's journey. But he presents it so well, you yeah. know. It's it isn't complicated he just allows it to stand for what it is. Cause he just, it, the idea of it is so universal and it, yeah, it hits a well, So,
0: yeah. all yeah. Everything just adds, adds to the greatness of star Wars. And yep. just the fact that there has, it has been such an ever expanding universe that has come out of this one movie oh, over right. the decades.
1: I mean, like we've tried not to dive in you know, too much into some of the other movies, the new TV series, and obviously we're getting the, the immediate sequels. Yeah, but you've talked about the books.
0: Yeah, there's a whole there's huge comics, and
1: video games out there. Books,
0: there's video games. There's been eleven, eleven theatrical or twelve if you count the Clone Wars animated right. movie that came out. So twelve theatrical movies that have come out plus a bunch of TV shows that are still going yeah. on and new ones coming out and new movies being made. But then video games, books, comic books just everything, every form of media. There are stars. There was even a, a, star Wars radio drama
1: back <laughs> in the day. And, you know, I just gets the other thing. I was kind of thinking of watching it again. And maybe part of it was me trying to be within my son's head, you know, Watching this again, taking it all in. The first time he saw New Hope was probably about a year and a half ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, which can be a long time at that age. You know, he's almost eight. That was just, you know, we talked about, you know, Vader's entrance, but then just even how they present Tatooine, right? You know, just the complete the world building. Like the first twenty minutes in the movie, how they just build the world. To allow, and that allows everything else we we're just talking about in terms of people to expand on it. Yeah. Whether it be the Jawas, the same people, right?
0: Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, you... and it just just the Cantina scene, yes. all the different characters in there, all the different aliens that you just see brief glimpses of. You know, the, there's an action figure of almost every one of them.
1: Every single one. For yeah. characters
0: that, I think there's just the, the, there's two characters in there, I think, that have not had an action figure made of them. And I think that's the, 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 the two twin women with like sort of the beehive hairdos. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are the only two characters just because they couldn't get permission to use their likenesses. Like,
1: even the bartender has an
0: action figure. Yes. <laughs> even the bartender has an action figure.
1: We don't serve your kind here.
0: And he comes with that droid detector that's sitting in the corner. That thing that's flashing that little with like the cross on it, that's the blue cross that's flashing. Yeah, he comes <laughs> with that thing. That's the droid detector.
1: What happened between him and the droid?
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh if you look at the bar, just, just going by the you know, adding to the innovation that they did for you know, the models and stuff like that for making everything of uh, the scenery and everything. The uh, some of the drink dispensers that are in there that are hanging above the bar.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: uh, IG-88's head. The droid <laughs> bounty hunter from Empire Strikes Back. It's the same same thing they used for his head. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same exact like piece that they used for it, but it's the same thing. Right. The same kind of, of thing.
1: again how you know some of these things i have no idea
0: (laughs) because when i was 10 years old i saw star wars for the first time and it changed me (laughs) i became obsessed with star wars and i started reading the books and studying everything i could for about it and to the point where a few years ago at planet comic-con in kansas city there was a comic shop that was there that was holding trivia a a trivia thing. And, uh, it was sort of a game show kind of format. And I got picked to go up there for the star Wars trivia. And I mopped the floor with everybody at comic-con at planet (laughs) (laughs) comic-con on star Wars trivia.
1: (laughs) All right. So (laughs) what song are they playing in the cantina? What song? Yeah um ah uh, oh. what is it called oh i guess they are playing several songs yeah we're playing playing several songs. Song we're playing
0: but the one oh it's it's a love song do, 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 do. yeah the title of it it's it's it's, it's, it's it, i mean the band is figuring dan and the modal nodes but right,
1: uh which yeah. <laughs> has anyone I yeah i don't know, remember the title of that song
0: you stumped me on
1: look-alikes. one The likes for their like wedding band, someone's had to have lookalikes just dressed as them for their wedding band. That is,
0: That's had
1: that
0: yeah, that has to have happened. <laughs> if not, it needs to happen. <laughs> um, maybe when I finally get around to getting married, I'll do that for my wedding. <laughs> my family will love that. <laughs>
1: hey, as long as no, they'll love it as long as. Your bride <laughs> wants it. <laughs> Do
0: you think I would ever marry somebody that's not that would not love that?
1: <laughs> I was actually surprised, like like Nicole, she you know, she's seen Star Wars like maybe two times and Empire and Jedi like once watch the obi-wan series and she's like they cast leia really well <laughs> yeah. there's enough to like catch enough of it anyway yeah <laughs> but yeah i just you know just th- those details and just the creation it's like the little minutia of just what all those aliens look like
0: yeah and even then, like with with the casting, they Han wasn't or Harrison Ford wasn't the choice for Han. He wasn't the original choice, you know. From what I understand, George Lucas yeah. did not want to hire him to be Han because he had already cast him in American Graffiti. American a few Graffiti, like that
1: was kind of like his first thing. Yeah. I mean, even the Graffiti—that's a very small role. Yeah. He has in American Graffiti. It's not large. Yeah,
0: it's it's really not. It's not it's not a huge role. I mean, it's it's a it's it's. Not nearly as big as the other characters in there, but I mean, he shows up in a few scenes, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, it's an important like scene, but that's pretty much all it is.
0: He's kind of just like that character that just pops in every now and then, and
1: uh, um, and I don't know, like released after Star Wars, maybe was filmed before. He had a very small role in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, but he hadn't really done a lot. Like, no, I mean, at that point, at that point, he was. uh, he was working characters, I mean, I mean obviously Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing yeah, they were you know, established they were established, established actors, but yeah, everybody else I mean yeah, Harrison Ford
0: new. was uh from what i what I remember reading and hearing about back in the day, I mean if i if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody'll correct me on it, but uh, he was working as a carpenter in George Lucas's office
1: <laughs>
0: at the time when they were casting. Yeah. And uh George Lucas, you know, did not want to hire him as Han Solo because he had worked with him before and he didn't want to have to keep he he didn't want to be one of those directors that that kept on reusing the same actor. Right. You okay. know? Um but you know he so they they called Harrison Ford in to uh to run lines with the people that were that were auditioning. So he was reading yeah. the Han Solo part against everybody who was coming in to audition for the other parts. <laughs> And they ended up loving how he was reading Han, so they cast him as Han.
1: But it's just he does not naturally. I mean, you know, I don't want to get. I know we'll eventually do Raiders.
0: Which that's you know, another Harrison one. Ford. He
1: he's just, he's, Harrison Ford is so under that under-appreciated in that.
0: Yeah, the Raiders, like, I believe, I is think the, one the only that, that,
1: nominated for like one Oscar. Yeah, but he fits in the character so well yeah.
0: to the point where nobody else he can play Indiana find, Jones. He
1: just knows. What makes those characters? Yeah, um, and he knows what makes Han. He just becomes Han, and he creates Han. Like I, I get that. Yeah, Lucas creates Han as a character, right? But like Ford has to create him as the actor.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Lucas wrote him. He wrote Han. Harrison Ford has to bring him to life. Yeah, and he did that expertly.
1: You know, everyone did. Yeah, you know, I know we have said it before, but yeah, everyone did. Whether it be Hamill, Fisher, obviously, um, Cushing and Guinness are established actors.
0: They—they
1: mm-hmm. were doing.
0: David yeah. Prowse was an, an actor and David, a uh, a bodybuilder, but he was actually also the—he uh, was the guy who was—he was, he was uh, Christopher Reeves' weight trainer when he did uh, really? Superman.
1: Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah,
0: David Prowse. Did the he trained uh Christopher Reeve to get him to get him uh muscular to play uh Superman, but uh, but yeah, then like Peter Mayhew
1: Chewbacca, I was was gonna say Peter Mayhew. I
0: i met him, I met him uh a few years ago at that uh, I remember that Comic Con in Kansas City. He he was he was a very sweet, sweet man. It was a year or two, I think it might have been a year before he passed away, right? But uh, I've got his autograph, I've got some pictures with him. But he was he was a sweetheart.
1: There's there's so much like you know, some of his actors you you know, obviously in costume and they do it well still. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um you know, obviously, you know, we all haven't even said James Earl Jones yet. No like, his voice there is yeah. so iconic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the voice of Darth Vader.
1: And like it's crazy. Like I know we talked talking. I was talking to my wife about this after we watched Obi Wan. Like no, like no, he was like voicing him again. You know, he's like ninety something years old. Although
0: in Obi Wan, it was uh, it wasn't exactly. It was sort of sort of an, oh. uh, an AI reinterpretation of him. Like t- taking oh, okay. uh, taking past recordings of him and I throwing him through an it through an AI software and and doing it that way. I mean, he he may have done he may have done some of the. Some of the recording himself, but okay. because he's ninety-one years old, you know his voice has changed a little bit, and he still needs to sound like the episode four. Yeah, well, maybe, era Yeah,
1: maybe like they kind Vader. of spoke the lines and they reinterpreted. So it it yeah,
0: kind, kind of. It, from what I understand, it was kind of the same way that they did with uh, with another spoiler alert: Luke in the in the Mandalorian, where yeah, they sort of took his lines and put it through AI software to where he wasn't necessarily speaking the lines, but it was taking his past recordings and blending them together to sort of create what he's saying. It's
1: kind of, that's kind of the next thing, right? You see enough movies now where TV shows, where they de-age people. Yeah. Like de-age a voice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That mean, that's what they're doing now. Because as you get older, your voice gets it—it it changes, you know, different stresses and yeah, stuff like that on your you're vocal cords. Like Ninety chords.
1: years old, yeah. or when you're Peter Hamill, and you're like sixty something, compared to when you're twenty something. Mark Hamill, you know, not you
0: Peter s- Hamill. <laughs> I said Peter Hamill. You said Peter Hamill. <laughs> I said
1: you. Peter- <laughs> <laughs>
0: you were thinking Peter Mayhew, weren't you?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Good catch, yeah, I, just such a terrific movie. There's so many facets of it. I love it. I, I keep finding things in it, and like again, now myself, like I said, just being able to watch it with my own son, yeah, and see him start to love it. Like,
0: yeah, and that's so that's right.
1: You know, we watched it yesterday, and then we were up on a deck, and he screamed. Fred of ours, the few house down, uh, talking about, it, and he's like, "Oh, we watched Star Wars today." He's like, "Oh, which one?" Charles <laughs> is <laughs> like, "Oh, well, like number four was actually no, it's actually the first one." <laughs> yeah. it's like, and the, the, his friend's like, "Which one is that?" It's like, it's like a new hope, <laughs> 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 right? Yeah, um, but just yeah, just to, to rediscover it through his eyes is been amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, um, it uh, hands down, when, 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 uh, when, when, when I finally, you know, have kids, I'm going to sit down with them and watch, watch Star Wars. Yeah. So that I can see. Um, I, the, 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 That's one of those things that, that, you know, I, I, I envy you for, for being able to, uh, to experience that with, right. with your son.
1: Yeah. I hope we can do that because it, it really is. It's a, it's another experience. You know, first it as, like, an award for him. It's like, okay. Yeah. You know, help clean up after dinner and listen really well. And then I'm we can watch Star a really Wars. really special. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, he wants to watch Empire Strikes Back again. Which would be perfect, because we've got to talk about Empire Strikes Back. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, which, which is a perfect segue. But, yeah, Star Wars, my... Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, my absolute all time favorite movie. It's the one of the few movies that I can watch over and over and over and it never gets old.
1: It's no, it never, ever, ever gets old.
0: But uh and and uh so yes, yeah, so this you know we have been talking about Star Wars, you know, a new hope. This time the the come back for the next episode. When we are watching uh, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. And then, of this course, after that, we're going to be doing Return of the Jedi. Doing the whole trilogy. Just because we're doing the trilogy with this does not mean that in the future, if we do you know a movie, we, ne- we necessarily have to do the sequels. We're just doing the good ones. Like the really, really awesome.
1: The really good ones. Awesome series. The ones that... We're cohesive together yes.
0: I mean some other movies in the future we, we could do you know we could start out with a sequel
1: but spoiler alert but, if we do fellowship of the ring there might be a chance that two towers fall.
0: yeah chances are sure. that'll be happening <laughs> <laughs> if we if we start with, if we do fellowship chances <laughs> are it'll be two towers and return of the king but yeah but we so we might
1: start with a sequel for something we might do excellent adventure and not do Bogus.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. We, because we are Rob and Tony's cinematic adventure, so I'm sure one of these days we're going to be doing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but that movie, you know, as as good as Bogus Journey might be, I know it has its lovers, and it also has its detractors, but you know, it just if if we do Excellent Adventure, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to do Bogus Journey. We could do it. I don't know. We haven't decided that yet, but the next movie we're gonna be doing is The Empire Strikes Back. So thank you for doing this podcast with me, Tony.
1: Thank you, Rob. I was always gonna to talk to you. You too. Always gonna to talk movies with you. There's no cigars. There, no, weird, but we're there's inside. no cigars today.
0: Yeah, we're inside. Uh one of these days when we can finally, you know, like be in the same room, you know, maybe we can do like record outside or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That makes sense.
0: Anyway, uh Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Thank you. Night.